Hello, I'm Fifi Peters. I want to welcome you to the Journey to One Billion podcast series. We're speaking to MasterCard experts and business leaders across the Middle East and Africa and around the world who are working together to build a more inclusive and sustainable digital economy that works for everyone, everywhere. MasterCard has a commitment to financially include 1 billion people into the digital economy by 2025. This is the journey to 1 billion. In this episode, we discuss how innovating for impact in the African payments industry is key to driving greater financial inclusion and the important role of fostering collaborative partnerships to create an environment where innovators can thrive. To discuss this, we are joined by Mark Elliott, Mastercard's Division President for Sub-Saharan Africa, and Clayton Hayward, co-founder and CEO of Ukesh Technologies, a South African startup turned pan-African fintech. First up, Mark, welcome to the podcast. Mark, it uh, feels like in times of change, we speak even more about innovation. And of course, that's not by accident, uh, but there are often also underlying and foundational challenges that must be addressed, spurring the need for innovation. Which elements are in play when you think about Africa and innovation to drive inclusion? Thanks, Fifi. So, look, I think we have to continue to remember that there's widespread inequality and exclusion that really does persist in Africa. So we, we have this responsibility to constantly think about how we can find different ways and solutions to address that and to address the underlying challenges. Also very prevalent in Africa is the fact that cash is proliferates. And because of that, we have lots of different challenges and there's a cost of cash. Whereas digital payments are fast, safe, and offer vast opportunities for everyone. But actually 95% of the payments in Africa continue to be cash. So it's, it's really important for us to think through how we can abate that proliferation of cash. And so digital transformation becomes essential. And it's a way of making transactions safe and, and giving people peace of mind through an electronic medium. And so adoption of digital payments is becoming increasingly relevant. And that's something which becomes more possible through mobile phones and smartphones which enable people in remote areas to connect and connect to the digital economy as we know it through various mobile solutions, be it mobile money or other types of mobile-based solutions, which are fit for purpose and accessible. So innovation is absolutely critical in the way that we see digital payments evolving and displacing cash. And we also believe that we need to be thinking more broadly than the traditional card rails and also fundamentally to bring it all together for the consumer experience. I think it's also worth mentioning that technology over the past decade, especially, has created a really you know, good foundation for innovation. And noteworthy is how mobile money has just taken off at the most extraordinary pace, leapfrogging legacy financial institution infrastructure. Believe it or not, Africa now has more than half a billion of registered mobile money accounts, 
which is half the world's total. And sub-Sahara accounts for the majority of that growth, about 43% of all new accounts. So in absolute terms, West Africa and East Africa have grown significantly, but South Africa continues to grow the fastest. So I think if you just take a step back and look at the underlying drivers here, what we have is a growing smartphone adoption, uh, which is expanding reach and possibilities. We've got this bulging youth uh, who are also incredibly digitally savvy. We have a buzz around fintechs who are creating this competitiveness and a lively environment for all of the different players and constituents. We've got governments who are trying to really be at the forefront of driving policy that actually is in line with that innovation agenda. And then we have to believe that what this is going to do is to bring about a bridging of that inequality gap. And we can then see how technology and innovation is really allowing for us to allow people and enable people to ultimately be as productive as they possibly can with the various tools, training services, et cetera, that are available to them as a result of those different things coming together in that kind of perfect storm. So for a MasterCard as a technology company, it must be quite exciting uh, to tackle this prospect of innovation, especially considering how it can help achieve such a positive goal of including a billion people. How has MasterCard approached this compelling opportunity? Thanks for that question. We have some really good proof points. We proudly innovate in Africa for Africa through a, a dedicated innovation hub. Kenya is our home for our MasterCard Lab for Financial Inclusion. We've created various innovative solutions and we've scaled them. Noteworthy are a solution for farmers who can sell digitally via the MasterCard Farmers Network. Merchants who can access affordable capital through the TRAC microcredit program. And parents, this is the third use case worth mentioning, who can pay school fees in affordable installments via a solution that we call Coupa. You know, a lot of our innovation is really due to the partnerships and collaboration we have with fintech. And many of the fintech services and products create enhanced competitiveness and have a real impact on consumers and small businesses. And this fintech innovation is creating more connections and, and better use experiences. We really make a strong effort to play a central role, an organizing role at times in making these fintech partnerships a reality as a single technology provider, helping fintechs to scale and grow. And, and we strongly believe that fintechs is a strategic partnership opportunity, not a threat, especially when it comes to financial inclusion. And as the original fintech, MasterCard is fast and agile. Uh, with growth-focused digital expertise. But in addition, we have global reach, which is very important to a lot of those partners. They come to us for that. And we've got a network of partners and local knowledge to support fintechs at every stage of their growth. It's also worth mentioning that as part of our, our core competency in our network, we have technology which allows us to deliver solutions which are safe and secure and to spearhead innovation. And I just want to mention probably two or three aspects there. We've got tokenization, which is the encryption of sensitive consumer data, such as credit card numbers, preventing improper storage and minimizing 
online fraud, uh, creating a safer and simpler e-commerce experience. We've got simplified and frictionless checkout experiences, as well as the security of payment information, which is critical to consumers. A second solution is MasterCard QR. You're probably familiar with QR codes. And so MasterCard QR creates interoperability, building a bridge between banks and mobile money operators, solving a major pain point for micro businesses in the way that they provide an affordable solution to accept digital payments. And even with people without smartphones can use this service by entering a merchant code via feature phone or USSSD. We've got tap on phone, which is the ability for a merchant to accept a payment on their phone in a contactless, leveraging contactless technology. This is a powerful and a cost-effective tool for small businesses to quickly embrace this next phase of electronic acceptance. And then we've got simplified commerce, which we've got lots of examples out in the market. And this is really a, a service which helps small businesses and, and medium-sized businesses to cross the digital divide and enter the world of electronic trading and actually start up a one-stop shop, being able to build their own online store and with billing facilities and accept a range of payments. So I guess what I'm outlining for you is an ecosystem of, of technology innovations that really lays the foundation for the future of payments. And it's one where we believe that through collaboration and fintech partnership, we can scale. And this is just really critical in the market and countries like Africa, where we have this thriving population growth. We need to think about how technology can overcome some of the infrastructural constraints. And we believe that if you pair that then with the MasterCard network and the innovation and the payments expertise and the other assets that I've mentioned, you've got a really compelling solution for the continent. It's quite uh, fascinating to hear how you collaborate with fintechs to innovate and enhance an ecosystem with more choice and solutions so that more people can be connected. What is it like for innovators to work together as they pursue growth and seek to change the world? Yeah, so I, I think to simplify how we work with fintechs, we launched something called MasterCard Accelerate. It's a global single entry point to MasterCard's wide portfolio of specialized programs, supporting startups through every stage of their growth and transformation from market entry to global expansion. We, we have something called MasterCard Engage, which is a free global program that identifies qualified technology partners to help build and deploy solutions. Uh, we also have MasterCard Developers, which is a simple gateway to access a diverse range of MasterCard products and services through many open APIs, which is across payments, data, loyalty, and security. And you can find that and uh, navigate it. Anyone can quite easily. MasterCard FinTech Express is a digital-first products and services which in, it, you know, is really addressing the unique need of payment fintechs to ensure speedy growth. We launched that in 2020, and it's got a, a variety of different modules, which are, are very useful to fintech. And then we've got MasterCard Start, which I'm a huge supporter of. And this invites later stage fintech startups to participate in a six-month engagement program, providing opportunities to scale and secure. And, and here what we do is we, we put them through a rigorous round of selection, but then we introduce them to our broad network of financial institutions around the world. And you can imagine that if you're a fintech in South Africa and 
potentially there's a Singaporean bank or you know fintech who wants to avail your services. It only helps your order book and allows you as a fintech to grow. So we've seen 200, over 230 companies globally being invited since 2014 to that program. And then we've got several from uh, South Africa, Nigeria, Kenya, and Rwanda. I'm so really happy about that representation on MasterCard Start Path. It certainly sounds like there is plenty of support to help grow a collaborative environment in which innovation can flourish. Where have you seen inspiring technology innovations in action, really delivering on the goal of inclusion? Can you share some examples? Sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call out one fintech, which we've got a very close partnership with called Ucash, who actually came through the Start Path program as well and has now joined the Fintech Express program, which I just mentioned. And Ucash is focused on financial inclusion, helping banks and telcos provide affordable digital banking and payment services, leveraging MasterCard's ecosystem and innovations. In addition to that, what they've done is they have then partnered with some noteworthy institutions, namely NedBank, where they have leveraged, they've been able to pull through some of our capabilities and ultimately power uh, virtual card issuance with telco type partners in the open market. And then they've also worked with NedBank on other programs such as their money message program that enables small and micro enterprises to conveniently receive in-chat payments uh, from their customers via WhatsApp. And you may have also seen in the market that they have been pioneering some work with Telcom where they've collaborated with Telcom, leveraging that WhatsApp platform and enabling Telcom Pay customers to make e-commerce payments. And we believe that the goal here is quite achievable of empowering millions of South Africans, even those without a bank account, to actually access the digital economy and transact online. Another example is who actually is the first open banking marketplace in South Africa. And they offer a full spectrum of consumers' financial needs in a, a single customer-centric platform and giving them the choice to transact seamlessly and review tailor-made financial offers based on their needs. This includes a highly personalized financial services offering coupled with lifestyle services, rewards, et cetera. And at their core, a digital first solution, which is the go-to consumer experience with open banking to really transform the way that they are. we thought traditionally about banking in the past, which I think is very exciting. We've also partnered with Digital Paygo to help SMEs tap into e-commerce opportunities in Zambia. Um, this supports the enablement of digital payments for merchants and their customers by providing them with easy-to-use and safe cashless transactions from their mobile devices and to interact with you know, point-of-sale and virtual point-of-sale and scannable QR. A really interesting use case which we announced in the last six months was Bringing blockchain, which I think is globally interesting when a company like MasterCard actually brings blockchain to Africa and specifically in Zimbabwe with the cattle farming in partnership with e-livestock stock global. And this was a prominent solution providing a tamper-proof dipping record for cattle, uh, which ultimately can allow uh, small farmers and medium-sized farmers to transform the way that they think about agriculture and ultimately help um, them to maybe avail more data and potentially lending opportunities to build out their businesses into the future. 
And then finally, uh, we've collaborated with Lesejo in Mozambique to enable digital savings on a card. And here, what we've done is we've actually deployed something very, I guess, innovative called community commerce, which is an integral part of our uh, program there. And basically what this is doing is it's digitizing low value transactions for financially excluded and community-based informal retailers in areas where there's low connectivity. So you can imagine it's an offline solution, potentially even where consumers don't own a mobile phone. We're leveraging here near field communication um, around the point of interaction, the point of sale with a tap and go type experience for the consumer. So this is, I believe, really very innovative because we typically talk about agency banking within Africa, but with this type of approach and this segment focus, we're actually even thinking about that customer at the base of the pyramid in a way that actually is almost a nursery to then bring them through to agency banking where they'll have different types of opportunities and ultimately have more opportunities to avail things like the issuing of microcredit. So hopefully that's a, a series of really interesting examples for you, which bring alive some of the innovative ways that we're approaching the continent. And you have cited some great examples indeed of innovation, especially in the B2B landscape. With technology in constant motion to become a better version of itself, can startups and fintechs accelerate their ability to innovate by understanding the current trends? Yeah, so I think, yes, customer centricity is absolutely key to solve the real problems for real people. So digitization, as we all kind of know, has been really accelerated during COVID and lifestyles have adapted and consumer behaviors have changed in an unprecedented way. We were relying, as I said earlier, though, on the same infrastructure is just untenable. So the future is being shaped by the convergence of payments across a number of different channels and rails. By rails, I mean card, EFT, mobile money. But driven by consumers who are increasingly expecting an omni-channel experience with more choices in how and who they want to pay. Nine out of 10 people in Africa, 99% in Kenya, will consider to use at least one emerging payment method like crypto, biometrics, QR, digital wallets in the next year, according to our research in the MasterCard New Payment Index. And what we also see is that customers want to move towards smooth, frictionless payments, obviously with certainty around security. So consumer empowerment has led to significant reductions in friction and payment providers have faced growing pressure to make their products and services more user-friendly. In Africa, what we see is that the success stories are where payment providers have successfully introduced P2P or person-to-person -person payment services accessed by mobile phones. They haven't just stopped there though. They continue to innovate by broadening the available types of services, such as incorporating overall asset management alongside credit offerings, by example. And to create a more powerful ecosystem, partnerships between players are increasingly needed to meet the expectations of this fast evolving consumer. This in turn will have a, a flywheel effect. Um, it'll improve the customer experience while increasing adoption and usage of digital payments and services, which ultimately will lead to a more connective, connected and inclusive digital economy that benefits everyone. As the saying goes, necessity 
builds and breeds innovation. Startups are stepping up to harness the digital trends that we're seeing, be it in e-com, fintech, digital health, supply chain. They're all emerging with newfound strength to adopt and adapt to these new trends. And these are several areas where I think there is noteworthy startups and fintechs who can leverage their capabilities. Now, I want to just mention the areas of data-driven decision-making as one where a one-size-fits-all approach now borders on irrelevance. And innovators are being pushed to leverage consumer segmentation analytics. We've got some really interesting alternative lending models, which are leveraging AI and advanced analytics to better evaluate risk and unlock credit. I mentioned earlier digital first value props, which will really provide a step change in how consumers get 100% digital product around onboarding, KYC, et cetera. Ecom, where customers are looking for a low-cost, barrier, low-cost, low-barrier online solution, low on friction, um, but a focus on end-to-end business management. And what we see is that there's also this um, increasing trend globally and relevant in Africa around open banking a great opportunity to democratize financial services and payments by allowing third parties to access data and bank account transaction information and initiate transactions. We've got cybersecurity as another area where this needs to become a core element in how payment providers approach innovation with AI and machine learning. And then finally, this digitization of cash payments and identity documents. Digital ID, as it's often referred to, is where governments are accelerating their digitization efforts. They really need to find more cost-effective and efficient means to transfer funds and relief payments. And COVID, I think, has really brought that alive as governments have tried to disperse funds, but have found that actually it's not quite as easy as they might have expected. And in a time of need, they need to rally and figure out how they're going to do this better next time around. So I think there's a huge focus around digital ID and this whole idea of dispersing more effectively with electronic means. Definitely some food for thought there from when we started talking to now. It is quite possible that innovation has already improved some process somewhere in the world. Do you have any thoughts on what the future might hold and what does the future mean for an innovator? Well, I wonder whether what we say now might be needed to be changed and updated how, given how fast things are moving. But I think the future is now and technologies are here. I think we've said for some time that we need to increasingly focus on the last mile, particularly in Africa. And we need to support more startups and encourage this next generation of innovators, quite frankly, to enable that to happen. It's vital uh, because if we're going to reach those goals, which we've mentioned around inclusion, I do strongly believe that through partnership, we can close this digital divide, co-create solutions and innovate for real impact. Um, it's only through this collaboration that we can deliver scalable, secure, interoperable and convenient payment systems that will bring us closer to a cashless world. Together, we can create more connections to the digital economy, thereby growing a secure and trusted tool that can drive sustainable, inclusive growth in Africa and help, quite frankly, to build a bright future for all. Couldn't agree uh, more there, Mark, but we'll leave it there. Thanks so much for joining the podcast. Thank you, Pete. Ukesh Technologies is a South African fintech that joined the MasterCard Start Path. 
an exclusive startup engagement program for later stage scaling startups in 2020. With an ever-growing mobile base in Africa, Ukesh believes the continent can lead the way in payments innovation while also creating widespread economic prosperity. Clayton, welcome to the podcast. Clayton, thanks so much for your time. Tell us a little bit about Ukesh's journey. How did you grow from a local startup to a pan-African fintech? I think it's thanks again for having us on this podcast. I think um, it's really a great opportunity for us to share the story. Um, ours is quite a crazy story. Exactly three years ago to the day, we were at um, AFRICOM in Cape Town. And myself and my co-founders decided to, to launch a digital bank. And um, we went out and we um, printed these QR codes on the back of lanyards. And we ran around AFRICOM telling everybody that we were going to be the next biggest, greatest digital bank in South Africa. And that was exactly the same time that Time Bank launched in South Africa. At that stage, we had no idea what it took to launch a bank. Um, we just had a whole lot of technology. We had been software developers and we really did it as a CSI initiative. You know, we wanted to create a mechanism to help people get paid because we just felt that there were just so few solutions out there that helped the informal sector to get money. And that's really where this business started. And, you know, it was a real roller coaster ride for the first six months because we got the attention of the regulator, we got the attention of the banks, we got the attention of MasterCard. And all of a sudden we were in the limelight. We won the Saab FinTech Festival, we won the Singapore FinTech Festival. And then we were lucky enough to um, get into MasterCard Start Path program. And um, that really um, was just a big, I think, pivot point for the business because we really realized that what we had built while we were building this digital bank had such a far bigger application if we were to take it to the market to enable people rather than play in the market as a brand. And that, that's how the, the business changed is that we really, you know, MasterCard was just critical in that journey because they opened our eyes to this global opportunity in the payments and um, digital banking space. And that's how we then changed and we pivoted the business and overnight, and I think I think we hold the, the record for coming into the MasterCard Start, Start Path program as a B2C company. And when we exited, we were a B2B company. You speak about Ukesh's vision being focused on democratizing digital financial services through the accessibility of disparate technologies. Can you talk to us a bit more about this? Uh, what were the main pain points that you identified that you directed your focus here? So I think, you know, that is exactly the, the business. And, you know, what we found is having built a, business, a B2C business um, in the fintech space, we realized that it is hard. It is very, very hard. The compliance hurdles are crazy. And the amount of technology that you need to piece together to launch a customer value proposition is huge. And um, that's really what um, drove us to build our proposition where we said, well, how can we enable the banks, the telcos, the aspiring fintechs to very quickly get their proposition into the market without breaking the bank in terms of from a budget point of view? And we built this very unique API framework where we put together all these services that you require 
to build a proposition. So it doesn't matter if you're an MTN or a Vodacom or a NetBank, they all use the same service to deliver a value proposition to the market. You've made reference to uh, your exciting partnership with MasterCard, but uh, perhaps give us a bit of the history. Uh, how exactly did it come about? And what has a partnership like this allowed you to do? Yeah, I think, um, as I mentioned at the beginning, is you know, MasterCard has been critical um, in our growth story. Um, when we started with those QR codes right in the beginning, um, we've got the attention of one of the execs within the local MasterCard team, and he reached out to us and said, well, you know, we should enable this platform to accept card transactions. And, you know, that was the starting point of where we enabled QR um, payments and interoperability for these informal merchants. Um, that journey has now just grown from strength to strength. Um, We've deepened the partnership with MasterCard where we now process the entire MasterPass ecosystem in South Africa. We issue MasterCard cards for them. Um, we are an MPTS partner, Pan-African partner. We're doing projects across, I think, 15 or 20 African markets with them. And most recently, and I think one of our best accolades is we've been invited to join the MasterCard Engage program, which is the global partnership program for their top partners to help them deliver digital first propositions. And, you know, that digital first strategy of theirs is just so powerful in terms of how it enables um, their clients to deliver digital propositions to the consumer and merchant. What are the innovations that Ukesh has developed that are really driving greater financial inclusion and working towards your vision? So I think, I mean, innovation and Ukesh are synonymous. I think if you look at the, the press and you look at the amount of things that we're doing out there, we really are, a, I think, one of the top innovators in the space. Um, we have launched world-first solutions on WhatsApp in terms of chat banking and um, issuing cards within a WhatsApp channel. We've recently had our MPOS solution certified um, globally in terms of uh, SME, SMME proposition to accept card transactions on a standard Android device. And then our Eclipse API is our real crown jewel. So that Eclipse API that's available across Africa allows any fintech to co connect to our platform and launch a value proposition within weeks, where it would normally take them months to years to take something to market. How has your business offering impacted uh, small merchants? So can you give us an example or case study of how it has happened on the ground? Uh, thanks. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. You know, um, you know, real world case studies really talk about how digital payments impact people's lives. And, um, you know, something that really um, is close to my heart is helping people really at the bottom of the pyramid in terms of improving their life. And um, if you look at um, what NGEN have really done recently is, you know, they looked at their petrol attendants, so the guys who are filling your car every day. And during COVID, obviously, everybody just went to contactless payments and nobody's carrying cash anymore. Nobody wants to um, give people tips. And you now have these guys who are really minimum, age, minimum wage earners and, um, We've created a platform together with Engine and together with Telcom, which enables these um, petrol attendants to receive digital payments from anybody who's got a mobile app linked to one of the banks in South Africa. So it's a very powerful solution where you now have a petrol attendant with a lanyard with a QR code. And after you've 
filled your tank up, washed your windscreen, pressured your tires, you literally can pull out your banking app and scan this guy's lanyard and give him five rand or 10 rand or 20 rand. Whereas in the past, that wouldn't have been possible. Now that sounds very small and insignificant, but you must remember that these people earn the minimum wage. So you're talking about somebody who's earning 20, 30 rand an hour, working 16 hours a day, traveling with a taxi to get to work. Um, so every tip makes a huge impact in that person's life. And that's really the power of digital financial services is that where we can do these initiatives like this, where there's somebody who is really at um, doing, doing a service, doing a job, but we now have brought this digital ecosystem together to actually improve that person's life. And we're doing exactly the same with Telcom, where we've now launched their super app for small merchants. So we're taking a normal Android device and that Android device is now an MPOS. And he can walk around, he could be a plumber, he could be a, a um, electrician, he could be any informal worker, and he could literally take out his Android device and the consumer can take out their bank card and tap the phone to make the payment. And those are the, the solutions that really make a huge difference and, and are really relevant in Africa. Because if you think of Africa, I think it's close to 90% of all transactions are driven by SMMEs or informal merchants or um, sole proprietors. So, so it's really about giving them solutions to improve their life and, and accept digital payments. There are budding entrepreneurs and fintech startups looking to do what you have done. What's your approach to innovation and what do innovators need to do to start and grow their business? You know, I think innovation is all about failing. You know, you need to embrace failure, number one, um, and really look at where you failed, look at where you can improve it and pick yourself up and run harder the next time. But what we've done very well, and, and I think it's been um, one of the key drivers in our growth journey is enter every single competition, pitch at every single investor event, event that you can, because you're going to learn so much, not only from your peers, but also from the panel and the judges and the people involved in that process. So you'll see we've entered the EcoBank FinTech Challenge. We've entered MasterCard events. We've entered Singapore FinTech Festival. We've recently, I think we were the runner up in the KPMG Global Innovator Awards. And all of those hone not only your presentation skills, but what they also do is hone your proposition because you're competing against global players, other global entrepreneurs, and you really start seeing the gaps in the market. And that's exactly what Ukesh did. You know, as I mentioned, we started as a, as a consumer facing digital proposition. And through this journey of competing and, and being exposed to the rest of the market, we pivoted the business and we said, okay, well, the real opportunity is there. And that's the key thing as an entrepreneur is you have to start, you have to see where the market opportunities are. You have to and adjust your business plan and you can't be rigid. You know, that, that rigid mindset of being dogmatic and stubborn and I'm going to make a success of what I started doing is what creates failure. You really need to be flexible and you need to be able to embrace change and then move with that change very quickly. Uh, in other words, go with the flow. Uh, but Clayton, it has been such an interesting and inspiring discussion. But can I finish by asking what your goals for the future are? What are you hoping to achieve and what developments are on the horizon? 
for us, I think our key strategy right now is growth. So, um, you know, we've proven our platform. We're starting to scale aggressively across the continent. As I mentioned, I'm sitting in London right now, and we're finalizing our first big funding round. With that funding round, we you'll see us globalizing. We're pushing hard into the Middle East. We're pushing hard into Southeast Asia. We're moving teams into Middle East. We've got teams now in Africa. Um, a lot of our um, executive team will be living out here in the UK. So it's really now we want to build a global powerhouse in the fintech space. And you know, and that's what's so exciting. You know, if you think of it, we weren't around three years ago, three years ago. And right now we're in the position that we really a recognized brand in, in the global payment space. Well, looking forward to seeing all that action happen and wishing you the best on that journey, Clayton. Thank you so much for the interview. You're listening to the journey to 1 billion. Join me next time as we discuss the technologies shaping the digital landscape of the future and the impact of the speed of innovation on tomorrow's consumers and the way in which brands must evolve to connect with people in new and meaningful ways. We welcome Raja Rajamana, MasterCard's Chief Marketing and Communications Officer and President, Healthcare Business, and Sonia Lakal, Chief Marketing Officer for food delivery giant, Talibat. To listen to more, you can find episodes on www.miacontentexchange.com or download or subscribe to the podcast through your favorite platform. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, why not leave us a review? I'm Fifi Peters. Thank you for joining the journey to 1 billion.